hey everyone. Hey. I, uh, did you catch what that video was about? No. Ah, I'm sorry. It was about um, it was about what kids are like, what toddlers are like. Um, I've got three little kids. I've got a one-year-old, a two-year-old, and a five-year-old. And my wife and I often look at each other and go, "Imagine if I did what my kid just did. You would think I was a lunatic." And that's what that chick was doing. I'm sorry that didn't come across. Someone up the back said that that was just like what they do. So I get, I get that it wasn't clear that it was about children. Um, well, I've got a question for you. Um, I, I want to ask you, what would you, if you could be famous for something, what would you be famous for? Throw out some ideas. What do you got? I know you've all daydreamed about being famous. The Oscars just went by. You're all thinking about yourself winning Best Actor. If you could be famous for something, what would it be? What do you got? Talk to this person next to you for 10 seconds. <laughs> All right, I reckon that's enough. What do you got? Who's got something to share? Acting. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you want that Oscar. You can feel it. What else? What would you be famous for? Surfing. For surfing. Yeah. Okay. Music. Spike ball. Is that what someone said? What did you say? Richest person on the face of the earth. That's good. Now, I reckon, I reckon you've all thought about being famous before. But why do we think that? Why do we think about being famous? I thought about being famous. In fact, the thing I wanted to do as a teenager and as a kid was I wanted to become a famous rock star. Does, who, who's controlling the slides, by the way? Where are you? <laughs> this is me. Believe it or not, this guy with all the hair, that was me. And that was like what I was pursuing and that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be like a famous rock star and have, you know big hair and windmills and all that type of thing. But why do we... We'll get that down to... Um, I look too cool. It's too distracting. Why do we, why do we want to um, be famous? Why do we want to have that thing where everybody knows us? Apart from the fact that you'd be like super rich and you, know, you could buy cool cars and good clothes and stuff. Why do we want to be famous? Well, apart from that stuff, I reckon it's much deeper. It's because we think of famous people as like... The, the good people, like they're the great ones. Like we no longer have like heroes who, apart from like made up heroes, like superheroes, we don't, no longer have like heroes who are people who've done like awesome things. We're like Leonardo DiCaprio. He pretended to be someone for two hours. It was amazing. And, and we think of them and we're like, wow, they're great. So I reckon the reason we think about being famous is because we think like we, it means that we would be known it means that we'd be accepted and people would think that we were awesome and people would love us and cherish us. But here's the thing, how many of you guys and how many of all of us here today are going to be Leonardo DiCaprio? Apart from you, yeah, yeah, apart from Pikachu, how many of us are actually going to be that one famous person, that one of the great ones? Now, Disney has told you all your life that you can be anything you want, but let me tell you, Disney are a bunch of lies. Pretty much, pretty much none of us 
are going to be that famous person. And if, if our only way of being somebody who like, people love and think are really awesome and are accepted and people think are great, if our only way to do that is to become Leonardo DiCaprio, well then we're all stuffed. Plastic surgery. You guys are full of great ideas. Now, only a very, very small amount of people are actually going to be famous. The rest of us are average. You are average. I am average. But guess what? Being average is just average. It's normal. (laughs) Only a very few amount of people are going to be famous. Now, let me just try and get a little bit more serious now and bring us into our passage. Something far more serious than only a few amount of people becoming famous one of the massive things that the Bible claims that Jesus, the reason why Jesus came is because of this teaching that we've got before us tonight, which is that not only a, a, a real few little bunch of people are going to be famous, Jesus came saying that only a small amount of people are going to make it to heaven. Now, I think I've got a verse to come up on the screen. Have a look at this. This is from a little bit earlier in Matthew. Jesus says, Enter through, he's talking about getting into heaven, right? Enter into heaven. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. What he's saying is that only a few people make it into the kingdom. I'm not saying like three. Like it's not like there's only three people here tonight and you better be one of those three. But... All things considered, only few people make it. That's what Jesus teaches. Now, when I, when I, I didn't grow up a Christian, and so when I was a teenager, I thought everyone went to heaven, just everyone. doesn't matter if you were the worst of the worst, you just front up before God at the end, and God would be like, man, you know what? You shouldn't have been a murderer. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a heaps good point. Sorry about that. And he'd be like, it's cool, come in. Jesus says that's wrong. I was wrong. And I'm convinced that Jesus is right. And so what I want us to think about tonight, and what the Bible gets us thinking about tonight is, then how do we make it into heaven? If only a few people get there, how can we make sure that we're part of that few? That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. And what that, this question takes us right to the very heart of what Jesus is on about. It takes us right to the heart of what being a Christian means right to the heart of what Christianity is about, what the Bible is about, what Jesus is about. We're going right to the guts of it tonight. We're going to find out tonight how we can make it into the kingdom. But as we do that, we're also going to find out something else. See, as we find out who are the people who God says, yes, you few people, you are the ones who make it into the kingdom, what we get to find out is God's mind on people. What does God actually think about people? And what does God think about those few people who make it? What is it about them? Why them? How does God think about us? How does God think about Christians? That's what we're going to find out. And here's my promise for you tonight. What we're going to find out is that you don't have to be Leonardo DiCaprio to be somebody who is cherished and loved and thought well of. Because what we're going to see is that there is a God, the true and living God of the universe, who cherishes and loves his people. That's what the Bible tells us. That's what we're going to see tonight. So how can we enter the kingdom of God? Well, let's jump into the passage and we'll find out. And there's two things. Come to the first thing. We're going to start off in verse 1. It's a good place to start. So if you've got your Bible, have a look at chapter 18, verse 1. 
At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Now, just I've been talking about the kingdom a lot, right? So let's just have a little moment here. Can it, who, who knows where, what this place is? Next slide. Boom. Who knows where, what that is? Lord Farquhar's castle, Duloc, the kingdom of Duloc, that's right. Now, why is it a kingdom? It's a kingdom because it's a place where a person rules like a king over dumb. No, um, a a king rules over a place and a people. Now, um, uh, the kingdom of heaven then is the place where God rules over his people. But here's the thing about Lord Farquaad, and I'm being so careful about saying that guy's name tonight. Um, do you remember what Lord Farquaad asks the mirror? He says, mirror, mirror on the wall. I'm not going to try and do his accent. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Is this not the greatest kingdom of them all? And do you remember what the mirror says? How many, know, how many people know Shrek word for word? What, what does the mirror say to him? Yes, exactly. He's like, technically, he's not a king. And he's like, what? And that kicks off the whole plot. He's got to find a princess so he can become a king. But why does he want to be, why does he want the princess? Why does he want to become a king? So he can rule, so that he can be great, so that everyone can look at him and go, he is so good. Look how powerful he is. He's so impressive, even though he's this tall. He's so great and impressive. And that's the whole kind of thing in the movie. He wants to be the great one the great one in the kingdom. He wants to have this perfect kingdom. Now, the disciples here come to Jesus and they're chucking a Lord Farquaad. They come saying to Jesus, so how can I be the greatest in the kingdom? So they think they're in the kingdom and they're like, now I'm in the kingdom, how do I be the, the, the top dog here? And have a look at what Jesus says. He does something completely unexpected. Verse 2, have a look at verse 2 with me. He called a little child to him, And he placed the child among them and he says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. They're all like, oh, I'm in the kingdom. How do we become the greatest in the kingdom? He's like, "Mm -mm. unless you change, you won't even enter into the kingdom. Now, he doesn't even answer their question, not at first. He basically says to them, you guys don't get it. Oh, By asking that question, you've shown that you might not even be in the kingdom. You guys don't get it. You should be worried about getting in. See what he says in verse 3? Unless you change and become like little children, you won't even enter. So how do we get into into heaven? Well, the first thing to find out is right there in verse 3. You've got to change and become like children. Now, that's why I played that video before. I'm pretty sure that Jesus wasn't saying, start using toothpaste like a toddler. You've got to, but children have really got it, you know, you've got to start acting like a toddler. He's not saying that. So what is it about a child that makes Jesus go, yeah, they've got it. You've got to be like that if you want to get into heaven. What's, it with, what's up with children, right? Well, we find out two things from these verses. So have a look with me. There's two things. Verse 4, verse 6. Have a look at verse 4. He says, Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child 
That one is the greatest in the kingdom. So taking a lowly position. And verse 6, you find out another thing. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble. Now, I reckon you've got two things there about what it means to be a child. They're a person in a lowly position and they're somebody who believes, trusts. Now, let's take both of those things. Firstly, the lowly position. In Jesus' day, kids were very unimportant. Now, we, we like kids, right? In our society, we like, they're cute, right? And they, you know, they flush things down our toilets, but they do it and they look cute, so I'll forgive them. Um, but back in Jesus' day, kids were insignificant, insignificant, unimportant. You know, a kid wouldn't come up and start chatting to an adult because you're a child. Don't talk to an adult. Go sit in the corner. Like, kids were like, you know, there is no way we are letting you vote. Like, that kind of thing. Um, they're in a lowly position. They're unimportant. They're lowly in society. Now, what Jesus is saying is, you've got to be like that. You've got to be like a kid who people are ignoring and not thinking about. And Now, for the disciples, that's huge. They come in saying, I want to be great, Lord Farquaad. And he says, no, 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 no. You've got to become like this little one who no one thinks about. It's like, if, it's like today if someone came saying... Um, Jesus, I want to become an actor. I want to get really rich and famous. How do I become the best actor that there is? And he says, unless you become a janitor, you will never be great. Oh, what? Now, what is it so, what's so good about being a lowly janitor or a lowly kid that nobody thinks about? What's so, why does Jesus think that's a good thing? Well, hold that thought. We're going to come back to it. There's the first thing, you've got to become like a little lowly kid, right? The second thing was the belief thing from verse 6. One of these ones who believe in me. Now, believe, believing is the same as trusting. If, you, if I tell you something and you believe me, you go, yeah, I believe you when you say that. What you're doing is you're saying, Dan, I trust you when you speak. I trust what you're saying, right? And so he's saying you've got to trust. Now, here's the thing about kids. Kids trust, Kids trust you when you say stuff. Now, let me explain. Lots of you have come from Christian families, right? And as you've grown up in Christian families, um, and then you become a teenager, lots of you like, would say that, when did I become a Christian? I became a Christian when I was 14, and I went to fat, and that's when I really got it, right? Now, I think what's going on is, when you're a kid, your mum and your dad say to you, our family trusts Jesus... Jesus is the Lord of the universe. He's our saviour. And you go, okay, are we having ice cream tonight? You just, you go, all right. And you just trust them. You believe, my kids, I'm teaching my kids to follow Jesus and they don't know any better, which is actually awesome, by the way. But that, because if I'm telling them the truth, that is wonderful. And so they just trust me. So my kid just trusts Jesus because he's like, well, what else would I be doing? Kids trust now, when you become an, a teenager, you start thinking about stuff yourself and you go, now do I? Oh, I can actually think about this and decide if I really do believe it. And then you think about it and, and that's a wonderful thing to do. But kids trust. And so Jesus says, if you want to make it into the kingdom of heaven, you've got to become like a child. You've got to become lowly and you've got to trust, trust in Him. And so verse 4 Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of the child is the great one in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one like this, the lowly person who trusts, 
If you welcome one of them in my name, you welcome me. So how do you get into heaven? You've got to become like kids. You've got to let go of trying to be great in the eyes of the world. And you've got to humbly trust and follow Jesus. Now, I reckon if I asked you guys, um, what? no, I know that not, not everybody here is Christian, that's okay, but what I'm saying, if, if I asked you guys who are Christians here, what does it mean for you to be a Christian at school? I reckon part of your answer would be, it means not fitting in as well as I could. It means not being as cool as I could, as I could be. Um, is that right? Because if you weren't following Jesus, you could, you'd be able to do the, the stuff that other kids are doing that would mean that it's easier to fit in. You could talk about the same things that they're talking about. It'd be easier to fit in, right? Um, now, let me tell you a little secret about every single person at your school. Everyone wants to be cool. They all want people to think they're great because they all, we all want acceptance. We all want to be accepted we all want to be loved. We all want, all want people to think that we're good. And what you've got to do to get that, if you're trying to get that acceptance and love from people at school, what you've got to try and do to get that is keep trying to be cool. And Jesus says, if you want to get into the kingdom, if you want to be great in God's eyes, you've just got to stop worrying about that. And you know why? It's um, if you've been holding on to that thought, like what what is it about not like not being cool or being the little child or being the janitor? What is it that Jesus thinks that? Why is that so great? Well, if you've been holding that thought, here it is. Why does God think that's great? Because trying to be great in other people's eyes, trying to be great and have people go, "You're so good," it's actually self-centered and empty. It's selfish. It's self-centered. It means you're not actually thinking about other people. It means you're thinking about you. And what, what if people don't accept me? And, oh, I've got to do that thing so that people will think. It's self-centered. The Bible has another word for that. It's sin. It's not, it's not thinking about others. It's not thinking about God. It's thinking about me. Me, me, me. What about me? What, about, what if I do this? Then people look at me and me and me. Self-centered, but secondly, it's empty. <clears throat> you're always you're always just going to be chasing after the next thing. You know, fashions come and go. I'm what you call a late adopter. So a new fashion will come in, and I'll kind of just like look at it for a while, and I'll see everybody else's hats change, and I'll be like, "Why are people wearing these weird hats?" And I'll just watch it for a while, and I'll be like, "Yeah, right," and then I'll get the hat. Um, but what happens is, if you're trying to be great in other people's eyes, you'll be, the new fad will come in and you've got to jump on it, you know? If I don't start wearing those shoes or whatever, then I'm not going to be cool. But then the fad changes. And so you've got to chase after the next thing. But then the next thing happens and then you've got to do that. And so you've got to chase after that. It's just empty. You're just left kind of going, oh, I've got to do, I've just got to have to keep changing so that people will accept. It's selfish and it's empty. Jesus says, stop worrying about that stuff. Stop worrying about trying to be great in people's eyes. Now, if you're a Christian um, and people still think you're cool, that's okay. You know, you don't have to dress like your dad's cousin, Earl. Like, it's okay to wear nice clothes and whatever. I bought these shoes not knowing um, that Lacoste, do you know Lacoste? Yeah, Lacoste 
But yeah, it's got a little crocodile on it. So I didn't know about Lacoste, right? In case you don't know about Lacoste, Lacoste apparently is cool, or at least was six months ago. Maybe it's changed. But I bought these shoes and I was like, oh, I really like this design, apart from that stupid crocodile on it. Maybe I can scratch it off when I get home. And then my, I, someone saw me wearing them and like, Dan, oh, wearing Lacoste shoes. And I was like, huh? Um, so it's okay if you happen to have Lacoste shoes. <laughs> you, to be a Christian, you don't have to become lame. I'm not saying become lame. Um, but who are you going to live for? Are you going to live for yourself, trying to make sure that you're cool and great in people's eyes? Or are you going to live for Jesus? That's what Jesus is saying when you're going to become like a kid. You're going to become lowly, not thinking about, oh, I'm getting great. Humbly trusting in Him. The world thinks about being great. Jesus flips that and he says, the people who are great, the people who get into the kingdom are the ones who stop worrying about that. And so if you want to be friends with Jesus, you've got to give up worldly greatness, which is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus is, the claim of the Bible and the claim of Jesus is that he is the creator God of the universe. The creator God of the universe. And when he comes into the world, he comes into this weird little town, like he comes to Carryong, he gets born in Carryong, and he is born in this little weird part of the Middle East in a shed, and he's poor, and he spends three years roaming around without a house, and people think he's so weird that they kill him on a cross. That's the Lord of the universe. That's what Jesus did himself. He humbled himself. He didn't seek trying to be great in the eyes of the world because he was seeking the glory of his Father, obedience to God. So if you want to, become, if you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, you've got to become like a child. You've got to become humble, trusting in Jesus. Now here's the second thing, and this one's much quicker. The second thing you've got to do if you want to get into the kingdom of heaven is that you don't just have to become like children lowly and trusting, you've got to stay like that. You've got to become like that and you've got to stay like that. Now, this is from verse 6 onwards. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a, a bunch of these verses for us from verse 6 down to verse 9. And these verses are all about stumbling from being a, a lowly child like that. Stumbling, you know what stumbling is? Stumbling is where you're walking along and you, you do that. That's what stumbling is. And he's talking about stumbling from being the lowly child who trusts in Jesus. Stumbling means stopping doing that. That's why you've got to stay like that. So let me read these verses to you. Have a look with me from verse 6. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, to stop believing in me, it would be better for them to have a large millstone, which is a big rock, a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life, the kingdom of heaven, maimed or crippled, than to have two hands and two feet and to be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble to stop trusting me. Gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Now, if you haven't picked it up already, the stuff we're talking about tonight, that Jesus is talking about, it's massive. 
It's so much bigger than whether or not you get famous. It's about entering the kingdom of God or not. And he says, be careful not to stumble, therefore. This stuff is massive. Do you want to make it into the kingdom of heaven? Be careful not to cause someone to stumble. Be careful yourself not to stumble. Now, did you notice along there, there are three things that might cause you to stumble, to stop trusting in Jesus humbly. There's people, that was in verse 6, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble. So people can cause us to stumble from trusting Jesus. Um, The things of the world, stuff in the world can cause us to stumble. Verse 7, woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. But there's stuff in us, there's things about us and in us, the things that we want that can cause us to stumble. Verse 8, if your hand or foot causes you to stumble, if your eye causes you to stumble, those are, that's me. There's stuff in me that might cause me to stumble from following Jesus. He says, gouge it out. There's sin in us. There's desires in us, passions that we would want to do and chase after, which Jesus says, that stuff is not, that doesn't belong in the kingdom. You can't go that way. And Jesus says, Christians, even that stuff, you've got to, not go that way if you want to follow me. See the great seriousness of going down that path. Jesus says, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Because choosing to follow your own desires, that means missing out on the kingdom. But following Jesus means gaining eternal life. So do everything you can to follow Jesus, to gain eternal life. Now, Jesus didn't literally mean cut out your eye. There was a guy, there was a guy in like the fourth century who did it because he thought Jesus meant like literally, I'm talking like if you look at a woman lustfully, get rid of those eyes. And so he was like, well, I got to do it. Now, that guy, props, props to you. But um, the reason I know he's not talking literally cut your hand off is because the Apostle Peter and none of his disciples were walking around without limbs and eyes. Sometimes Jesus is going to use big, drastic words to really make a point, and that's one of these times. Um, What he's talking about are things that cause you to stop trusting in Jesus. Now, let me show you, let me act out for you, normal Christian life. There are things in us, there are things in the world, there are people who are going to cause us to stumble, right? So, this is normal Christian life. I'm following Jesus, like a humble child. Jesus tells me to go this way and so I go, I trust you, Jesus. That's cool. People think I'm lame for doing it, but it's cool. I trust you. And then you trip up and, you know, you sin somehow. You see something in the world and you want that and you've sinned and you know that Jesus would have said to you, Dan, don't do that. And so what do you do? You go, okay, I'm sorry, Lord. Which way are we going? We're going this way. And you keep walking and then you stumble. And then you think, well, which way are we going, Lord? I'm sorry. We're going this way. Oh, cool. Okay. And then you keep going. That's normal Christian life. That's what it's like being a Christian. You just, you stumble, but you keep going. But you can stumble in a different way. You can stumble in a really different way where you say you're following Jesus, but then something happens. Your eye, say, causes you to look lustfully. This is the thing that came to mind with the eye thing, right? Your eye causes you to look lustfully at someone. And so you've, you've stumbled and you go, I know Jesus, I know the Bible says, don't go this way. Don't sleep around or whatever. I really want to do it. And so you start walking this way. 
Jesus is off that way and you're looking this way. That's stumbling. That's stumbling what he's talking about here. It's you've, you've left the position of the lowly child who trusts Jesus and you've said, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm, if I do this, I'm going to be great in people's eyes. Now, the consequences of doing that, of stumbling and changing direction, are massive. It means missing out on the kingdom of heaven because you've chosen to reject the king of the kingdom. This is why Jesus says such drastic things about avoiding stumbling. He says, it's better for you to have a boulder tied around your neck and drown in the sea than cause somebody to do that. Now, that, is, is that a little overdramatic? Well, no. If, if you cause somebody to redirect themselves and stop following Jesus, it means that they miss out on eternity. So it's not, I mean, he's using kind of big drastic language, but it's not overly dramatic. Because this world is only temporary, 80 years and then we're gone. Eternal life is the thing that's on the line. Heaven's eternal. So do you see how Jesus flips our thinking? Um, people here, we're thinking about the here and now. How can I be great here? How can I make the most of this? I'm going to get... And Jesus says, ah, think about eternity. But also, there's another reason why Jesus is so serious here. There's another reason why Jesus is using such serious and drastic and heavy language. And it's because the God of the universe loves and cherishes His children more than we can possibly imagine. To be a Christian is to be someone who trusts in Jesus, which means you're in the kingdom of heaven, but it's more than that. It's more than just kind of being in Duloc. It means being a child of God, being someone who God looks at and thinks of you as His child, Someone that he loves so much that his child, his son, he was willing to have his son die so that you could become a son or a daughter. God is the one who gives up his son to make you a son or a daughter. Such is the love of God for his children. So imagine if someone comes along after God's given up his child for us, God gives up His Son so that we can become sons and daughters. Imagine if someone comes along and tries to take His children away. God says, better to have a big boulder tied around your neck and drown in the sea than to do that. Such is the love of God for His children. That's how God views us who trust in Jesus. How great is His love for us. It's the love of God for His children that means that Jesus speaks so seriously here. And so how do we get into the kingdom of heaven? You've got to become like children, but you've got to stay like that. Humbly following Jesus, humbly following Jesus like a child. And when you stumble, you keep going, not changing direction. That's how you make it into the kingdom of heaven. It's about trusting in Jesus. Now, let me finish here, guys, and I've got three things this means for you. The first thing is, if you're a Christian, do you see who you are? If you trust in Jesus, you are a cherished, loved child of God. Better for someone to drown in the sea than cause you to walk away from Jesus. Such is God's love for you which means you don't have to try and be great here and now. You don't have to win an Oscar 
for, to be loved and to be cherished. The God of the universe loves and cherishes you. Who cares about an Oscar? You don't have to be a success to be valued. Don't be like the disciples who are worried about greatness and glory. And Nah, you're a child of God. You're bound for the kingdom. Second, do you see how we should see each other now as well? View each other as children of God, cherished and loved. And so be willing to hang out with even the most awkward among us. You know, maybe that'll, you'll lose cred for that. But don't be worried about cred. Be worried about pleasing your father. Love one another. And also, be careful not to cause one another to stumble. Better to be thrown in the depths of the sea, says Jesus. And so, if some of you are dating, be careful not to cause each other to stumble. If any of you are starting to get caught up in the things of the world, if any of you think, you know, I haven't just kind of tripped like this this time, I've kind of I've tripped and I'm now really considering going this way. If that's you, come back. Repent, Jesus will forgive you. Come back, keep trusting in Jesus. And lastly, third, for those of you who haven't yet become like children, would you think about becoming a child? Would you think about putting your trust in Jesus? Would you change and become like children, trusting in Jesus as the King who can get you into the kingdom? There is nothing that you could lose now that will not be worth it, even if it costs you being cool at school. It'll be worth it. You will gain eternal life for it. And Jesus gave his life for you so that you could be a child of God. Why don't you know that love? Why don't you know that love of being cherished and loved by God? It's worth it. I'll pray for us. Oh, Father God, thank you that we can call you Father. Thank you that you loved this world so much that you sent your Son to die so that you could have more sons and daughters in us. We pray that you would help us to humbly trust in Jesus like little children all our days and to be so glad that when we trust in Jesus, we know that we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven, that no matter what our social status is here and now, that we are loved and cherished and valued and known by you, the God of the universe. And thanks that we also get a whole bunch of brothers and sisters who also live in the kingdom. Uh, we pray that you please help us to help each other to follow Jesus always, to help each other stay like children, never causing one another to stumble. And when we do stumble, God, thank you that you forgive us. And thanks that we can keep walking by the power of your Spirit, trusting Jesus. Help us to do that always. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.